Are you a fan of milk alternatives like oat or soy? It turns out those alternatives are lagging behind cow's milk in terms of nutritional content. An analysis from the American Society for Nutrition of more than 200 plant-based alternatives found that just 12% of those products had comparable or more nutritional value than cow's milk. This is Paul Sheck. I'm Ben Leonard. Patient Rights Advocate, a nonprofit group that's pushed for price transparency policy across Congress, has released a report finding that just 36% of hospitals comply with price transparency requirements. The organization's findings have diverged from CMS officials' findings. The agency said in February that at least 30% weren't fully compliant. The new report comes as Capitol Hill lawmakers advanced price transparency legislation for hospitals, and CMS proposed major changes to how hospitals post prices for certain services. For the 13th year in a row, data breaches are more costly in healthcare than any other sector, a new report from IBM and the Ponemon Institute found. They put that cost per breach, on average, at $10.93 million, nearly double what breaches typically cost the next highest group, the financial sector, at $5.9 million. Breaches in the pharmaceutical industry ran at about $4.82 million, according to the report. This comes as healthcare cyber threats continue to mount. And House Republicans are riding on must-pass appropriations bills to advance an agenda on health issues, inserting controversial provisions that would restrict access to abortion, tobacco, and gender-affirming care. Alice Miranda Olstein is here to explain. Sure, great to talk. So House Republicans have put anti-abortion proposals on a number of spending bills this year. How typical is this and what makes this year different from previous years? So this comes up every single year in the appropriations process, but usually it's just the same few measures tacked on to the same few bills. And we've been at kind of a stalemate for a long time in Congress when it comes to this, especially when it comes to abortion-related proposals where the same restrictions just keep getting extended and extended through these spending bills, no matter which party is in charge of Congress. So they've neither been expanded nor stripped out in a long time. What makes this year different is that it's just exploded far beyond the same few policy fights we have every year. Now we have anti-abortion provisions being tucked into a bunch of different spending bills, as well as a lot of other healthcare things that Republicans would love to do and haven't been able to do through normal legislation. Things like restrictions on gender-affirming healthcare, things like deregulating tobacco and the FDA's ability to make rules there. So this is sort of just a much broader and more aggressive effort than we've seen in the past. You've reported that outside groups have been involved in this. What have they been doing in this process? Sure. So they are working with House Republican appropriators to advise on these measures. And now that we're into the fight, there are going to be floor fights, there are going to be committee fights. The outside groups are really egging the lawmakers on and saying, we've got your back, stand by these provisions, make sure these provisions get into law. Now, of course, you have the Senate saying none of this stuff is going to pass, but it's still an open question over the next few months how things shake out. On abortion specifically, what are some of the proposals that we've seen in these spending bills? 
So we have what has been the typical Hyde Amendment language, you know, blocking federal spending on abortion. We're seeing that expanded to a bunch of other agencies. So newly inserted into the Department of Veterans Affairs as a response to the Biden administration policy allowing VA facilities to provide abortions in some circumstances. A lot of this like that is a response to something the Biden administration has done through an executive action. So there is also a provision blocking the FDA policy allowing mail delivery of abortion pills. There are things in the Homeland Security bill limiting access to abortion for people in immigration detention. Just a real sweep across the board of a lot of different things. So that's all on the domestic front. There's also stuff in the international spending front. There is already longstanding language blocking U.S. foreign aid from going to abortions overseas. But now this is trying to revive and expand and a stance the Trump administration took on that where funding for programs that even talk about abortion will be cut off. And so if these bills become law, it would completely defund, for example, the UN population family planning programs. So how are Democrats in both the House and Senate responding to these proposals? Democrats in the House are planning to force a bunch of amendment votes about these provisions, both at the committee level and if it comes to the floor on the floor. They know they probably don't have the votes to actually strip these out, although they are going to try to lean on moderate Republicans who may be in a political tight spot when it comes to this. But they say that even if those amendment votes fail, they'll still serve a political purpose by highlighting Republican stances on abortion and trans care and a bunch of other things. With an eye to the election, they think that this will hurt Republicans politically, but they're mainly counting on Senate Democrats to bring down the hammer and make sure these don't pass. And Senate Democrats say that they will do so. And the White House weighed in and issued veto threats for a couple of these spending bills, specifically citing some of this anti-abortion language. So all of that indicates that this is just for show and none of it will fly. But I will raise that in the past, in order to keep the government open, and prevent a shutdown. Democrats do have a history of caving on some anti-abortion things. And so that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. How likely is it that any of these proposals ended up getting enacted into law? I know in negotiating the debt ceiling deal that President Joe Biden had to give in a little bit. What can we expect here? Yeah, exactly. And even some Democrats told me that they're nervous that they will cave on some of this in order to keep the government open. And like you said, there's a history of that happening. You know, for instance, Democrats allowed restrictions on Washington, D.C. spending its own money on abortion in the past. And so there's definitely precedent here. But folks, even some Republicans think that this is more of a negotiation tactic. And by throwing out all of these anti-abortion things, they'll mainly just have the leverage to keep what they already had. So the expectation is just some of the longstanding restrictions on federal spending for abortion will make it through, but maybe not a lot of this new stuff that they're attempting to add. Thanks so much for coming on, Alice. I really appreciate it. Great to talk about this. It will be a fight for probably a few months more to come. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tine, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this recording. 
That's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.